What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing, and thanks for being here with me. My name is Jeff, and uh, I'm going to try to help you out on your journey to financial freedom, get you started in investing, get us on the path to financial freedom uh, through being uh, very deliberate with our uh, our investment strategies, the way we spend, the way we save, uh, the way we invest. So thanks for being here, and we've got a lot to cover on today's episode of the... Uh, the turnaround uh, so far in November, we've definitely seen a bit of a, of a rally here. We've got uh, the market uh, being kind of neutral today, but uh, overall, we are seeing things start to uh, kind of shape up to to really trend in the right direction for us investors. And uh, yeah, even uh, Jim Cramer, uh, who I know a lot of people are have mixed feelings on, do the opposite of what Cramer says. You'll see that a lot of times. He's saying that uh, we we really can't uh, dismiss this past week, and uh, has a, a lot of different optimism about the market and, and things that have really gone on over the past week. Right, we've got uh, bonds and and mortgage rates coming back down. We've got uh, some things getting simplified out there. We've got stocks that uh, have sold off too much in the way of uh, utilities, consumer staples, healthcare names that uh, I really don't feel that they should have gone down that much. Uh, starting to find a lot more solid ground, right? We saw a lot of stocks that uh, really did a, a, a huge reversal. Uh, some of the growth names, some of the solar names, uh, some of the EV players. And uh, those are starting to get a little bit more of a solid footing here as well. So uh, I'm going to take a look at all that today and uh, really where we go from here. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into some news. But uh, first up, I do want to say if you have not yet subscribed and shared, uh, please go ahead and do that. Uh, it would mean the world to me. And uh, I know a lot of you guys do not follow on the uh, the Facebook group, uh, Let It Grow Investing. That is one of the ways that I post uh, new updates. So if you're not following along on there, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you like to listen on. But uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's dive right into it. And um, let's take a look at some of that EV news that I was talking about and uh, really see what's going on out there. So we did have Rivian come out and report earnings, and uh, they actually beat on their expectations. Their uh, earnings per share was uh, minus $1.19, beating expectations of down $1.32. We had a revenue of $1.34 billion, beating expectations of $1.31. So we started to see... Um, you know, Rivian kind of reverse. The uh, the Rivian vans are no longer subject to the Amazon exclusivity deal, so we've got uh, those being offered to more uh, clients as well. We've got uh, you know kind of a reversal there, right? We, we're starting to see some of these names actually start to pick back up. Uh, but one that is not picking back up is Lucid. Uh, Lucid uh, actually reported earnings of uh, EPS of minus twenty eight cents, the revenue of one thirty seven million. Uh, missing expectations of 177 million. Uh, so we also got a lowered uh, guidance on their fiscal year production target between 8,000 to 8,500 vehicles, down from 10,000 vehicles. Uh, we also kind of do a little bit of history lesson here. Two years ago, when Lucid was brought into the market under the ticker LCID. It was brought uh, public by a SPAC, a Special Purpose Acquisitions Corporation, which basically means that a corporation was formed in order to buy another corporation and uh, bring that name public. So the uh, I believe the SPAC was CCIV, if I'm getting that one wrong. I know that was one of the EVs. I'm pretty sure that was Lucid. 
when that deal happened, they said by the end of 2023, we would be looking at a revenue of about $5.5 billion and delivering 49,000 vehicles in uh, 2023. And uh, as of right now, we've got uh, $438 million of revenue and projecting that we're going to get 8,000 to 8,500 vehicles. So quite the miss there, right? That's why we don't always want to simply go by the forecast and the guidance. We really want to see, are these numbers realistic? Uh, is it something that we think that this company can actually achieve in that amount of time? Uh, especially with these growth companies. If you're looking at like Coca-Cola or something that has more of a track record, they've got a lot more to go by and they have a lot more uh, history to go along with their decisions and uh, really how their marketing plan is playing out. But, uh, you know, Lucid's was kind of a pie in the sky type deal. And uh, we did not get there. So that one is trading down today. I believe they're down around 8%, which is definitely painful. Uh, I really don't see it as a reason to go out and buy the dip on this one, uh, simply for the fact that uh, they have a lot of misses and uh, they lowered that uh, that guidance. So this might be uh, down more for longer. And we really need to see where this one goes, how low it goes before it actually settles down, and then really where we go from there uh, headed forward. Uh, for week 46, we are looking at uh, five different names for our investing challenge. And one of those is Disney. Uh, Disney uh, did announce that they are going to be launching the ESPN Bet platform uh, that is going to allow uh, users in the U.S. to go ahead and bet on uh, different sports games uh, right through their app, uh, ESPN Bet. So that'll be launching in six days, and that should be another driver of growth here for Disney. So I'm curious to see where that takes the company. But uh, we, at the same time, we've also been seeing uh, DraftKings setting a new one-year high. And uh, that has also come with a lot of other names that have been moving up nicely over the past couple weeks here. Uh, we've got names like Walmart, Adobe, uh, Uber, CrowdStrike, Pinterest, ServiceNow. Uh, we've got uh, Cardinal Health, GoDaddy, all setting a one-year high. So we're definitely seeing a lot of different names uh, move up on some of the different fears that were out there with uh, the Fed uh, potentially raising one more rate, uh, rate hike this year. And now it looks like they're actually going to pause. So we are starting to see some uh, revised interest in some of these growth names that are out there uh, with the Fed keeping rates at that same pace. So we've got that. We've got uh, some of the bonds reversing. We've got some of the uh, 30-year mortgages actually coming down. I think we went from about uh, 7.8 to about uh, 7.61 over the past week. Uh, we've got a lot of other things that are really getting a revitalized uh, interest in this market. So it is definitely a, a time where we really want to be patient, right? We've got uh, you know, some of these stocks that are hitting these 52-week highs. We've got a ton that are coming off of 52-week lows. And we really want to take a look at those and say, hey, which ones really make sense right now? And sometimes that's very difficult. It, it, for me, it's very hard to buy a stock that just hit a new high. Um, especially if I already own that name, I don't want to average up. Sometimes I, I, I will, but I'd rather average down, uh, meaning I'm buying more shares uh, to bring my cost basis lower uh, and then build up for that uh, that next rally, that next rebound. And then when we get to the high, uh, maybe trim off some at that point. So it's a little bit harder for me to go ahead and say, hey, I want to buy more Microsoft 
Uh, I really do like Microsoft. I think it's a great company. I think it's going to continue to grow. I already have a pretty full position. And, and for that reason, I don't necessarily want to buy with it being at $363. Uh, I would rather buy on a dip, right? Uh, same thing with NVIDIA. Uh, we've seen NVIDIA jump from, uh, what, about 380-something uh, last week to about, what, 450. Uh, I've got to get uh, logged back in to see what the actual price is right now. But uh, this is actually something that Kramer and I agree on, right? Uh, he is saying that uh, maybe take a pause on NVIDIA. Be very, uh, very deliberate about the, the stocks that you're buying and what price point you're buying them at. And uh, for me, NVIDIA is definitely one that I love, and I've... We, Definitely started buying it this time last year when it got down into the the low 100s, and uh, it has really rallied since then. And uh, let me let me pull up the Nvidia chart and see just where we are on ticker NVDA, and see how we are doing today. Man, oh my gosh, this just is a, a crazy turnaround. We've got uh, about uh, eight dollars and seventy two cents up on the day. We are at a price of four hundred and sixty eight bucks. Now, when we look at the, uh, I guess I got to go to the one month view to see just how low we did get. Um, I don't think this chart's going to accurately show the during uh, the midday trading, but I am seeing a low close price of 403. I know I bought some in the 390 range, uh, so I know it got lower than that. But uh, we are definitely moving up really nicely over the course of uh, the past week and a half. And for that reason, I can't see adding any more at this 468. For me, I would be interested in adding under 415 once we get back to those some of those recent lows that we've been testing and uh, go ahead and add there, right? We had some of this uh, uh, China shutdown with uh, trade regulations uh, between uh, a lot of these uh, AI chip companies and, uh, and China. That is definitely one of the reasons that NVIDIA got that low in the first place. And then we're also seeing uh, reports of uh, Huawei buying chips or, uh, oh no, Baidu buying Huawei chips for some of their AI uses and kind of getting away from NVIDIA. So uh, I'm really surprised that this one is really rebounding this hard. But uh, I still think that they have a great company, a great uh, future revenue growth over the next two years of about 100%. Now we got to minus out some of those uh, those China problems with NVIDIA and probably dial those numbers back. But the revenue growth on this company and the other uh, chip space is just, you know, astronomical. Uh, I do believe that AMD is going to really try to uh, to ramp up production and get a, a chip that is really competitive with NVIDIA's, uh, you know, uh, H, what, H100 chips. And I really think that they're going to do a great job as well. But uh, NVIDIA has just been on fire and uh, one that I will continue to look at, but only when the price is right. And uh, that price is not right for me right now at 468. I definitely need to see this thing back down under 410, 415 in order for me to even think about adding to this one. Uh, and that being said, I already have a pretty full position, so I'm not really looking to add a ton more. But if it gets to the right price point, I will go ahead and purchase. So that's what I got there. But uh, I definitely think overall, we really want to take a... Uh, a viewpoint as to where these stocks can really go. Are they getting overvalued? Uh, is this rally and the ones that are actually starting to hit these 52-week highs, are they getting overpriced? Are we uh, just all piling in the same names? Uh, it doesn't really look like it. We had a broad rally over the past uh, you know, week of 
really all different names. We we had tech names. We've got uh, um, you know some of these chip names really rallying. We've got uh, you know consumer staples moving up. We had Starbucks moving up. We've got growth names in, in DraftKings and Palantir. ChargePoint did pretty well. We've got a lot of different things that are all moving up at the same time. So for a lot of those reasons, I think that this rally can continue. As a lot of names were sold off, we had a lot of problems with bonds, with interest rates, with uh, you know geopolitical tensions everywhere. Uh, that has kind of been quiet or, or quieter, right? It's not uh, quite the headlines that we saw, uh, you know, maybe a month and a half ago. So I. You know, I'm not saying that everything's solved, but I think that on the investor's mind, it is definitely cooled down. Uh, so I'm starting to see a revitalized interest for people to get back into stocks. I don't know that we're going to be buying as much in the way of bonds. It looks like that is uh, definitely still the, the larger market here. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think that people are going to put some of their money back into stocks as stocks really got oversold and people really want more in the way of growth, right? Uh, even some of these dividend uh, companies, uh, O Realty, you know, they're paying what 6.02%. When we looked at this one uh, a year ago, they were paying in the 2% range. Verizon, that guided higher, what are they paying right now? They were in that 9, 8, 9% range. I'm going to take a look at uh, VZ right now and see where they're at. Uh, that number is 7.4. So it has come down as the stock has moved up. But I still think that the, a lot of these still have some room to to move um, higher here, right? So there's a lot of different things that I want to, to, to bring to your attention. I'm definitely on a path of a, a barbell approach for uh, value and growth names. I want to have a little bit of both. I want to buy all of them at the right price. And sometimes that uh, that right price does not come to us on some of these names that are just you know seemingly going higher every day. And there are a lot of names that uh, seem like they're a great value, but then they just keep going lower. So it's definitely a case where we got to look at the stock. We have to look at the chart uh, to see when we're getting a good entry point. Yes, you can buy a stock every week and dollar cost average into a position. Uh, and it's really easy to do that with an ETF. That way you're just you know constantly buying and uh, letting it grow over time with, uh, with a fund that is made up of lots of different names. But uh, if you're looking to buy into a single stock, I really feel like you have to watch uh, a lot of the different valuations that we talk about on here from the PE, the peg ratio, the price to sales, the, the forward guidance, everything else that comes into, uh, you know, into view with what's going on with this name in order to buy it at a decent price point and not uh, be paying over sticker price, if you will, like so many people were doing, uh, doing during the, the pandemic on all things if uh they had a you know a different uh, gaming system or a vehicle or whatever it was just sold right everyone wanted everything and they were willing to pay over value for it i don't want to see people do that in the stock market so that's what all these different uh, indicators that i'm mentioning actually show us what we're buying and uh whether it's a good value or not so that's what i've got there I do want to talk a little bit about the investing challenge and what we are looking at this week, why I'm looking at these names, and uh, really how our investing challenge portfolio is doing. So stick tight, and uh, I will be right back. All right, guys, we are back here. And uh, if you got any questions for me, any uh, financial coaching questions that you need answers for, uh, feel free to reach out, and I'd be glad to help you. You can do that through uh, through the Spotify link for the uh, podcast or through the Let It Grow investing page on Facebook. 
and uh, reach out and I would be happy to help you guys out with any financial coaching questions that you might have. We've got uh, some other news that I forgot to mention on the first part of the show. Uh, the first part that I thought was uh, very, uh, very important here is uh, for Eli Lilly, right? The FDA approves uh, terzepatide for obesity, right? For chronic obesity. And that uh, drug was already on the market uh, under the name Manjaro for type 2 diabetes. Uh, but now it will be marketed as Zepbound for chronic weight management. Um, I'm guessing this is kind of similar to Ozempic. I'm not too sure as to whether or not these companies actually know why these drugs are working for chronic weight loss, which is pretty terrifying to me. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily just want to take something just because that could be a, a side effect of it. And I, I, I don't know. I'm glad that they uh, got approval. Uh, it's doing great things for the stock here. They are up two and a quarter percent on the day. Eli Lilly is now up to $613 uh, on this news. This is definitely one that has been a, a blockbuster of a uh, stock for the year. And uh, not a lot of other healthcare names have really kept up with uh, with Eli Lilly over the course of the year. This one is definitely the outlier of the group. Uh, a lot of the other names uh, really are in the single-digit uh, year-to-date gain. While uh, Eli Lilly, if we take a look here, let's uh, let's look at the chart. We started the year, uh, we actually hit uh, around 316 in February, and we're sitting at 613 now. So almost a 100% gain for Eli Lilly in that short amount of time. So definitely big news for them. Uh, they've got a lot of other great drugs that are coming out. I still think that this one has more room to run, believe it or not. Uh, I would not buy it right after this run. I would let it cool down. But uh, I still think that this is going to be a strong name, a real contender for the next few years for sure. We've also got uh, Take-Two Interactive. They announced a, uh, a highly anticipated sequel of the uh, Grand Theft Auto game. Uh, this is uh, version 6, and that could be out as early as next week. So they are moving up really nicely today on that news. Uh, the uh, ticker is TTWO, and uh, they are up 624 to 8% as I am recording this, uh, up to 143.93. They still got about 11.7% upside from the uh, the previous price targets, but I'm guessing a lot of these are going to be revised higher. Bank of America just came out on the 6th and said this is a buy at uh, 170. It looks like that is the high price point on the street right now. And I'm thinking that some more people are going to come out and revise higher after this uh, this title is actually released. So we will see what happens there. Uh, just going to be in time for the holiday season. So I think that is going to be a big seller uh, for a lot of different people that are out there buying uh, buying games. We've got uh, Amazon. They are announcing a healthcare benefit program for uh, Prime members. And that is going to be $9 a month and $99 a year. I think with that, you can get free virtual visits, uh, you know, 24-7, 365. Uh, let me get back to that article. I thought I had it pulled up for you guys, but uh, going to have some some more uh, benefits there for for Prime members when it comes to healthcare now. So again, another uh, another industry that is in Amazon's crosshairs of what they're trying to take on and really where they're trying to go with things, and uh, it is definitely uh, scary out there if you're caught in the crosshairs of Amazon. But uh, yeah, Prime members are going to get high quality, convenient care. 
from one medical, including 24-7 on-demand virtual care nationwide and easy-to-schedule office visits at any of one medical's hundreds of locations across the U.S. Uh, and again, that's $9 a month and $99 a year uh, for Prime members. Uh, we've got uh, the Las Vegas Sphere. Uh, I'm sure you guys uh, have heard about this. Where is this? Uh, I think it's by... Is it by the Venetian? I think it might be by the Venetian. Don't quote me on that. But uh, I don't think you can miss it from uh, from what I'm hearing. Uh, so the Sphere uh, is basically a, I don't know, a 3D entertainment venue. I, I know some friends that went there for a U2 concert. And uh, they said it was fairly fairly pricey, right? It was 500 bucks a ticket to, to go in there. But uh, you get the concert and it's also like this, uh, this 3D... Uh, kind of virtual reality type experience. Uh, definitely a modern concert type venue and uh, pretty cool videos that they were showing me of actually how everything inside the sphere looks. Uh, but anyhow, I digress, right? It brought in $7.8 million in the, the previous quarter, which is a three-month quarter, right? But this quarter ended September 30th and it opened in the middle of the month. So they did 7.8 million in a couple weeks for this quarter. Uh, we've got uh, 4.1 driven by events, and we've got 2.8 million of revenue from ads on the outside of the sphere. So this thing could definitely uh, be really seeing some some great numbers going forward. When we were only looking at a two week quarter, now multiply that out by what uh, six and uh, and get the rest of the numbers. For what could potentially be, uh, you know, the the actual revenue of this thing uh, going forward. So we are sitting at thirty one fifty four on Sphere S P H R, uh, Sphere Entertainment Company, and we've got about a nineteen percent upside from three analysts that are actually uh, re uh, reviewing this one right now. We've got uh, three hold ratings from J P Morgan, McGuire, and Morgan Stanley. And uh, yeah, that's what I've got on the other news that I wanted to bring you guys. Uh, we've also got, uh, uh, just because I'm looking at it, uh, let's take a look at Bitcoin right now and see where this is going. And we are still waiting for Bitcoin approval on the uh, the spot ETF. But uh, we are seeing some, some steady action in Bitcoin. We are looking at a price of 35939 on Bitcoin right now. And uh, if I look at that over the past uh, one month, we are up 28.7%. Over the past three months, uh, only about uh, 20%. So the, the past month has been uh, the real winner for BTC. And uh, I think it's going to skyrocket when, if and when this, uh, this spot ETF goes through. And then we've got the halving event that should be happening uh, April-ish of 2024. So we will definitely be on a roller coaster for Bitcoin. Uh, through that time frame, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get back over to the investing challenge. If you are new here, I do uh, the investing challenge weekly. We take uh, five stocks, we put them out to a vote on uh, Spotify and also on the Let It Grow Investing pages on Facebook. And uh, based on the results of the polls, I go ahead and add two hundred dollars worth of each of these stocks into our Weeble portfolio. Uh, if you do need help getting started. You can use my Webull link to get some free shares uh, simply by opening an account using my link and uh, depositing as little as a dollar. You will get some free shares. Uh, so with that being said, we've got uh, five for this week. 
Uh, for this past week, week 45, we did buy Albemarle ALB. And uh, that one was up yesterday. It's looking like it was kind of uh, falling flat today. But uh, let me go ahead and pull that one up. Just uh, take a look at this Weeble portfolio and see just how we are doing right now. Let me get this one uh, signed into and see just what we've got here. We've got, um, let's take a look, uh, down 2.5% right now. But um, we bought it at 121.67. We're sitting at 118.64. And uh, one that I think can definitely get a, uh, a turnaround story with some of these solar companies, with some of the EV companies. And we can definitely see this one run up. Uh, I still believe that we've got a really good amount of upside from the analysts that are out there. The PE is really low. The peg ratio is really low. We've got about 67% of upside on this. So again, thank you guys for voting for this one. I think it is a solid pick that is a little bit off the beaten path when it comes to uh, some of the other names we were looking at, like Chevron, CrowdStrike, Coca-Cola, and Amazon, right? So it was probably one of the least known of those five, but uh, I am glad to add it to our portfolio uh, for the Let It Grow Investing Challenge. We are currently down 3.74%. We did drop to about uh, down 10%. But uh, we have kind of recovered a good bit since uh, the beginning of uh, November here. So I'm glad to see that we are turning around. Hopefully, we can get back into the green for the end of the year. And a uh, friendly reminder, we did start the year down around 16% from some of those uh, those losses that we did see in 2022. But uh, yeah, getting back over to, to week 46, I did start off saying Disney, right? That is number one for the week. We were looking at this one for... Uh, a lot of the problems that they had out there, some of the the geopolitical tensions uh, with DeSantis, with uh, the tax problems, with uh, the growth of uh, the Disney Plus, we are seeing Disney going ahead and buying the remaining 33% of Hulu uh, from Comcast. We do have them starting the ESPN bet, uh, uh, that app. So we're going to be seeing uh, some more people getting back over to uh to that platform, more users there. We've got a lot of different things that I think could could potentially be a good catalyst for Disney to turn our uh, investing portfolio around here. We're sitting at 84.51. We've got about 24% of upside for an average price target of 104.90. And uh, that is going to be stock one for week 46. Number two, I do think I've got this out of order, but we're going to roll with it. Uh, number two is public storage. Ticker is PSA. We are sitting at $250.87. We've got about 18.8% of price target upside for an average price of $298. I do think the downside is limited, right? We saw definitely a sell-off in the REITs. And the low price target on the street is $250. So that is only about a third of a percent of downside here. Uh, so I'm thinking that this one should be pretty safe with the uh, uh, the high price being around 31.5% of upside. We've got a uh, decent uh, dividend yield here. We've got about 4.84%. And uh, I think that is going to give us some some price protection on the, uh, the actual purchase of the stock. We're going to be getting some dividends. And I don't think that we really have too much more downside as we have trended down over the course of the year. As a lot of REITs, a lot of commercial real estate has really gotten uh, hit pretty hard with higher rates. I still think that more people are going to be using uh, storage going forward as we are outgrowing homes or, or we really can't move into the property that we want because rates are too expensive. 
maybe we go and put a lot of stuff into storage. So I still think that these are going to be good businesses, even though the real estate value might be uh, getting a little bit, uh, you know, convoluted right now, a little bit uh, tricky out there to navigate some of these uh, these rough waters. So that is number two for the week, uh, public storage PSA. Number three, let's look at United Parcel Service, better known as UPS. Uh, we're rolling into the holiday season. I still think that UPS is going to be very needed as everyone is going to be shopping online, maybe more so than in stores. Uh, we've got uh, about a 4.5% dividend yield. Our trailing uh, PE is sitting at a 14.3, so that's pretty low. Our beta is low, so that means less volatility. Uh, a safer name. It's also trended down over the course of the year. Uh, on April 20th, we were sitting at 197, and now we are sitting at 141. This one did set a low on October 27th at 133. Uh, it's come up a bit from there. I still think that this one is oversold. So I am looking to add that to this one as the, the yield is getting higher, the price is getting lower, and I believe that there is more upside on UPS than downside. So again, another name that uh, hit a 52-week low that I am looking to add to. We've got around 21% of upside on UPS for an average price target of 171.14. And uh, one that I am comfortable holding into the new year when they raise their rates that has already been announced, and they are going to be able to generate some more cash to offset some of the high labor prices that they are paying. That it seems like everyone was looking for a job at UPS a couple months ago when they said uh, their average driver makes around $170,000 between wages and benefits. So that is definitely uh, quite the chunk of change for a, uh, a driving position and uh, definitely the cost uh, in labor for UPS. I think that is definitely one of the reasons that this one has sold off. Uh, number four, let's uh, take a look at Tenable. Uh, Tenable is a local company here to me in Maryland. I've got a, a couple friends that work at Tenable. They are a, uh, a web security company that uh, I really think is going to be a, a great company for any type of uh, any type of economy, really. Whether the economy is doing good or bad, people are going to need a web security, cloud security, and uh, Tenable is going to be a smaller, growth-driven, uh, you know, company in this space. Uh, we're currently sitting at thirty-seven sixteen. Uh, we've got uh, what was it thirty thirty-six and a half percent of upside for an average price target of fifty seventy-one. And I definitely think that we will get there. Uh, we have set lows uh, through January and April. And now this third low that we set in October is higher than these previous lows. So I'm thinking we are going to get a triple bottom, which means that we should be start to see a move higher, especially as some of these rates come down, especially as we have more people looking to invest in growth stocks. And I think Tenable could be uh, a benefactor of all these different uh, scenarios that are playing out in the market. Uh, we've got uh, number five being Square. Uh, the ticker is SQ, or actually, I guess it's Block, but uh, most people know it as Square. And they are adding, uh, well, they, they had a great earnings. They guided higher, and uh, they are adding more and more members to their payment platform. And uh, I think we're going to see a revitalized interest in a lot of these stocks. Uh, third and fourth quarter tend to be very good for PayPal and Square in the way of earnings. And I think we could start to see that more so this year, especially after we've had such a sell-off in these names over the past uh, 18 months or so. 
So I'm looking to add Square over PayPal for uh, some of the the growth drivers that they have. And um, they do have about 36% of upside on ticker SQ right now as well. So that's what I got for you guys right now. We've got uh, Disney, uh, DIS, Public Storage, PSA. We've got UPS, UPS, uh, Tenable, TENB, and uh, Block, which is ticker SQ. So I think all of them have actually hit some 52-week lows in the recent uh, couple of weeks. And I definitely think that a lot of them have some room to run. Disney does not have the dividend right now. Hopefully, we start to see that get reinstated very soon. Uh, public storage and UPS are going to be the dividend payers if you're a dividend investor. Uh, you're getting in the, the mid to upper fours with, with those two names. Tenable and Square also do not pay a dividend, but uh, I believe both of them are growth-driven stocks. And Square is very much so oversold. And uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys on this week. So uh, please get your votes in on Spotify or on Facebook at Let It Grow Investing. And uh, again, Disney, Public Storage, UPS, Tenable, and Square. Uh, let me know in the comments what you thought about this one. Thank you guys very much for listening and uh, for stopping by. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, and share. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.